Box of saltines. Can of sardines. Frozen pizza. Rice cakes. One dozen burritos. Shrek 2 on DVD. Three little bottle of Mountain Dew. Yams! One hundred and eighty-five miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. What's up, everyone? It is episode one hundred thirty-eight. You know what that means? It's all Northside Kings all the time. What's up? No, it's the Misfits, dude. One of the greatest American punk bands of all time. Or just straight up punk bands of all time. Helping out, you know him, you love him. It is the best dressed man on the pod. It is Daniel Sant. What's up, Dan? What's up? I want your sneakers. Well, not yours, Zach. (laughs) (laughs) I get get nice shoes now, man. Don't judge me off 20 years ago. What the fuck? (laughs) But yeah. Hey, it's all out of order. You know why? Episode one's back. What's up? It is episode one, the legend Joe Revis. What's up, Joe? Hi, 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 hi. Yeah, dude. Sing a Misfits song. Come on, Joe, with that voice. Oh, uh, uh, praise for dinner, praise for lunch, praise for breakfast. <laughs> dude, is that good enough? Yes, knocked it out of the park. I you love really it. Really <laughs> made me want some brains now. <laughs> right? right? Well, I just want, I want some guts, man. What's up? But, uh, also, it is Ben Merlis, a.k.a. Ben Edge, a.k.a. Bedge. What's up, Ben? We are 138. Dude, we made it to 138. What the fuck? So, uh, hey, everyone, smash that Patreon button. Maybe we'll make it to 185. So, uh, but yeah, so we want to do this whole episode on the Misfits. It's all of one of our, it's one of our favorite bands. It's all of our, one of our favorite bands. What the fuck? <laughs> anyway. That's right enough. You know what I'm saying. They, they're a band that deserves a whole thing, right? So, uh, Ben, you wanted to say a little something before we kick this off. I'd say you said one of the best American punk bands or one of the best punk bands in general. Just one of the best bands. Any genre, any geographical region in any year. That's my take. Oh, and I also wanted to say, it's funny, I brought this up a few months ago on Facebook about how lyrics don't seem to matter much to me as long as you're not like some crazy right-winger anti-vaxxer like neo-nazi like as long as you're not one of those things like your lyrics don't really impact my enjoyment of your music and like the ultimate test case for that is the misfits because they have amazing music amazing singing like top-notch timeless songwriting but the lyrics are like total bullshit like halloween monster movie meaningless drivel and like i don't care they're one of my favorite bands ever so does that mean like that made me think like damn do lyrics really not matter that much in the grand scheme of things i wanted your guys's take on it yeah well i want to do that as a topic on another podcast so we talk about lyrics in general as as it relates to the misfits i think that 
the lyrics set a vibe, right? So, so that's important to them. And like, they are creative and witty, right? It's not just stupid throwaway. We're not talking about look at my cat. Why can't I live like that? <laughs> they're like, they're writing lyrics and melodies that fit the music. So it's like, I don't know. One time Max said to me before, uh, Max McDonald from No Motive, because we were talking about like bands dressing up in fashion and stuff, because I always thought it was silly. I just think you should wear whatever you wear, right? But he was bringing up that he likes it sometimes when a band, you know, kind of has like an aesthetic because it's less distracting, right? Like, why are these guys dressed one way? And then like, there's a, like one sloppo, you know, that's like a distraction. Like what is happening over here? So there is something to be said for like setting a vibe. I think it's, it's more of a distraction if you have like, you know, a band where they all have like devil locks and skulls and, and jack-o'-lantern, you know, decorations and, and skeletons outfits. But I mean, I, I, I have no hatred at all towards the way the misfits look, but I think, I think the reason I saw them at a fucking soccer stadium played at 20,000 people, no, more than that, uh, two summers ago, has a lot to do with the fact that they dress up in spooky ghoul makeup and sing about monster movie shit. And it really doesn't have as much to do with the fact that they are one of the greatest punk bands of all time. Otherwise, there'd be a lot more greatest punk bands of all time playing fucking soccer stadiums. Would you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, well, I sure. guarantee you this. And back off the mic a tiny bit. Dan, go well, ahead. I guarantee you this. If the Misfits did not look the way they were, did not, you know, present all of this fandom of horror and macabre and all of these old 50s horror films and everything, <clears throat> you might not have even heard of them. The whole, the whole sandwich is what you get. And the lyrics are part of that. You cannot divorce these lyrics and just think they're drivel. They're not drivel. They're letting you into the world of what this world is, of loving, like, the fly, loving, um, you know, all of these films that they're referencing, and then all of this, like, darker underworld that they, they you know, allude to with Bullet, with Who Killed Mar Marilyn, etc like this i don't think it's gibberish and i do think it is a massive pastiche of what they are and i think it 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 is to be enjoyed and loved and just as much as everything and also i don't want to see the misfits playing without their get up like did like, anybody see kiss yeah kiss unmasked yeah no thanks but the, the, want, but the difference want, is i want makeup but the big difference between kiss and the Misfits is Kiss has two great songs and Misfits has like 45 great songs. That's just my opinion though. Yeah, but that's because you like this genre more and you're factually right. The Misfits are a thousand times better than Kiss. But that being said, this whimsy and, you know, I don't know. It just, it makes them so much fucking cooler. Like, and they all look different, even though they're the same, you know, it, I, I love it. I also got to just take umbrage with Ben saying the lyrics are silly when, uh, you know, the lyrics are Rat Fink Saved My Life. <laughs> well, that's a cover song, which I only learned about three months ago. No, uh, four months ago. Four months ago. Just, just <laughs> <talking> <laughs> when you fact, fact check when you learned that. <laughs> anyway, 
So to start off this podcast, what we want to do is we're going to do a mini Super 7. We are each picking our three hits from hell, which is going to combine into the 12 hits from hell for 185, episode 138. So what's up? Daniel, you wanted to explain the rules and give us the order? Yeah, so as we all know with Super 7s, because everybody who's listening to this absolutely loves 185 already, right? Um, As we know, you get to go in a fantasy football style order and you can pick a song. And once that song is chosen, it is off the market for the other people picking. And the goal is to have the best three song playlist by the end of this. And then we will ask our fiend club, AKA the 185 listeners to vote on who had the best three songs. The order is coming in, reversing the curse. Zach, Oxnard at number one. Yeah. Coming in at number two, episode one, ironically enough, coming in at number two. (laughs) I am number three, and Ben is coming in at 134. (laughs) No, Ben is coming in at 138 minus 134. I love it. Nard Curse and Oxnard High uh, didn't teach math very well, right, Zach? So that's fourth, right? That's true. That's true. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, dude, I got the first pick, and I am stoked because I'm taking the song Bullet. One of the greatest songs of all time. It's right up there with Nervous Breakdown, with uh, Band in D.C., with any song off the fourth Retaliate LP with uh, Mumbles by Burning Dog, you know, all these classic (laughs) songs. It's right there, if not better. And it's mind-blowing. This is 1978. It is so blazing. It's as fast as you can be being mid-tempo, and it just kicks off out of nowhere. President's body in the street. Right, John A. Right. It's like, oh, my God. It is like that feeling you get from the greatest punk that, like, when we talk about the secret handshake, right? Like you can't describe how like this makes you feel and why this is the greatest music in the history of earth, you know, but it is. And this song is a straight up Testament to it. The other thing is like, these lyrics are fucking wild. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. you're a 14 year old kid and like, I don't know, you're listening to a have heart record and your mom catches you. Like, it's not a problem. You know what I mean? Like your mom catches you listening to this, like when you're 14, like and listens to the lyrics, she's like, what the fuck? Like, who are your friends? You know what I mean? Well, like, what you need to tell her is just, Hey mom, let my cum be your life. Source. Fuck. <laughs> it's like everything in this is so ill, dude. Like these lyrics are for being so like pornographic. They're like poetic and just like, Oh my God, I can't believe he's, going there you know like they're shocking if you listen to the song and read along the lyrics you're like what the fuck but it's just a rager that's why i'm choosing it it's one of the greatest songs of all time it's like one of those songs i could not live without like the other ones i mentioned like vanity c nervous breakdown like these apex apex songs and uh this is one of them so i am taking it what do you think ben uh fields of fire tried covering this just in practice and very quickly, uh, I learned I cannot sing even close to as well as Glenn Danzig or anything like him, and it does not sound good. My voice singing this song does not sound good, but the the song is great. 
it's on um the seven inches actually was was taped onto a cassette by my dad's friend who got me into a lot of early punk very early on and so this is one of the first misfit songs i ever heard so yeah it's an incredible song i i still think the lyrics are total drivel but it doesn't matter it's still one of the best songs ever i don't know dude street with concrete that's pretty good um joe oh. let's go to you for number one. Oh, we can't we can't comment on bullet no do it dan sorry i was just gonna say that you've already won like in my opinion <laughs> bullet is the best misfit song it i'm so bummed that i drew number three because I wanted this song so bad. Um, the one thing I, I, I feel that is mind-blowing is that this is 1978. This is probably like recorded six or seven months after Nevermind the Bollocks came out. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's what wild. a massive leap this is, you know? And it's funny because, you know, the Misfits are so... We, I mean, we just barely touched on what they're all about in the earlier discussion. But the thing is, the Misfits, he's referencing Elvis Presley as much as he's referencing anything punk. Um, and then on top of that, like they like all the like f- 60s music too. And the the way that this song musically is, it, it borrows as much from Phil Spector, Wall of Sound, as it does, um, you know, from Nevermind the Bollocks, it is like you get enveloped in just, and it's just guitar, bass, and drums, and it sounds like a fucking freight train. You know, it's unbelievable. Great pick. And you, yeah. and, the, and the reason you love it, Dan, is because um, that's where your favorite band on Revelation Records got their name. Texas is the reason, right? They're not my favorite, but it's a great name. It's a great name. It's like the greatest name for the most boring band. <laughs> I um, do like the juxtaposition that they are very different from what you would think somebody named Texas is the reason is. Well, it's the reason why I think those band like the, those bands have a lot of cachet, right? Because even though they're playing like softer music that I don't like, it's uh they're still like punk dudes, punk and hardcore dudes, right? So like yeah. you want to ride for them, you want them to succeed. You know, if I was around when that stuff came out, I would probably support it and like it. I saw Texas the reason it was like the most boring show I've ever been to in my life. But <laughs> what can you do? You know, well, you needed some more life force. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, let's go to you for your number one. Number one for me, I am going with where Eagles Dare. Yeah, because you ain't no goddamn son of a bitch. Right. You episode one, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah i you know uh when i got into the misfits uh it was really through a girlfriend she was super into them um you know because all i knew was oxnard punk and then um you know with with a few other southern california things you know youth brigade and you know tsol and what have you and then and then this girl moves to town from Santa Cruz and she's super into the misfits. And so that's what we listen to all the time. And so this song just reminds me of her specifically. It's a fun song. You know, the lyrics are questionable, 
I agree with Ben that the most of the Misfits lyrics are, eh, you know, mediocre at best. But that's also part of the charm of them. So I, I, I think it, you know, that's what draws people to them because we don't always have to be serious and you know, sing one truth, right? It, you know, we we can have a little bit of fun sometimes, and that's all the Misfits ever were. That's probably why they have such fame power. So because they're fun. Well, and they're the ultimate entry punk band. Right, like if you're 13, 14, and you listen to this stuff, you're gonna love it, and that's why, like, whether you get into punk in 1978 or you get into punk in 2021, and you get into the Misfits like early, they're always gonna be nostalgic for you. Yeah, right. Like it, they don't have to be like scientists. They like their science is this, like writing the basic best catchy punk songs. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. And when I got into this, this, you know, where Eagles Dare was only on available, well, easily available on Legacy of Brutality. So on that 12 inch. Yeah. It's been repackaged a hundred times on 30 different comps and stuff like that. But, um, and I know that there's the other version of the, the, uh, you know, the, the seven inch thing, whatever. Uh, you know, well, I guess technically that's cough cool, although it's a bunch of the lyrics from the song, isn't it? Or am I mixing something else up? D- different lyrics. Yeah. No, Let's, I'm, uh, I'm fucking it up. Whatever. No, it's all good. But I, I think <laughs> you bring up you bring up something important that I want to talk about because before we go to you, Dan, for your number one, the Misfits, like what was available like in different eras is yeah, very yeah, interesting. Yeah. Right, because like I'm get when I get into punk in the '90s, like you can't get a lot of stuff, right? Like Static Age doesn't come out until the end of the '90s, you know. Like Legacy of Brutality was the easiest one to get. It is probably the weakest one, you know. I still love it, but it's like this stuff wasn't that accessible. It was like finding the collections was very hard, you know. I get, and I don't know when I got Earth AD, you know, like in uh, Walk Among Us, like. I just feel like the stuff wasn't super easy to get until like the end of the nineties. No, definitely. I feel this is a band that was definitely taped for you a lot, you know, lots of taping of tapes. The tapes were a lot. Also the misfits LP tapes were a lot more accessible than any of the vinyl was. Yeah, that's for sure. But but still it was Caroline. Yeah. 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 But it was still very tough. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to front. I had never heard Earth AD until I'd heard the Earth Crisis cover of that song before I heard that LP. I'd obviously heard a lot of the other Misfit stuff, but I'd never heard that record, like that LP, until that point. I think that that's another good thing to bring up, though, Dan, is like, you know, they're a band that, you know, they were shown to you by someone or played to you by someone, and they're so palatable that you know a lot of times when someone's like hey listen to the song it's like dude i want to listen to it on my own time so i can soak it in but like the misfits are so palatable that someone can like be like yo check this out and play it and you're like oh my god this is the greatest thing i've ever heard in my life right, cuz yeah. they're already singing along with it and you know doing the woes and you know whatever i mean maybe well, not off 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 of you- the but <laughs> Yeah, definitely. If you listen to that tape two or three times where you're on a drive with someone, you know all the words by the end of it, or at least all the sing-along parts. Yeah. Totally. Or Damn, whatever words you. you made up to them, yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. Also, Joe, they're they're definitely like the uh, I don't know. They're the number one band of like interpreting the lyrics wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're definitely up there. Yeah. All right, Dan. Let's go to you for your number one. All right. Since uh, my number one and my number two were just taken, I'm going with Children in Heat. Oh, I hate you. Yeah. I knew that if I was competing with one person over this, it would probably be Ben because this is such great, like punk from the, you know, that's very, um, I don't know, garage punk, you know, like it is fucking so good. Uh, the chorus, so catchy, no resistance. Like this is incredible music um you know we we had just stated earlier in this discussion that this is some of the best music ever recorded no matter what genre no matter what location these are four guidos (laughs) (laughs) like beatles level and i know a lot of people hate the beatles especially a lot of edgelords listening mark boardman rob moran um but this is music that should go down in history with those luminaries. You know, this is grade a brilliant pop songs set to just brutal music. Um, and children in heat is up there. It's just so twangy and amazing. And it's, it's my number one since, you know, the other two are gone. This was my, this is my second favorite Misfits song ever. And I was going to pick it for my number three because strategically, because I thought, ah, eh, no one ever talks about this song, but me. So no one else is going to pick it. So I'll save it for my number three. And I, when, when we saw, when me and my bandmates saw the Misfits two summers ago, um, I was joking, like they better play children in heat. Like, yeah, right. They'll never play that. And they fucking did. And we screamed like little, little children. In heat. In heat. And we pissed blood for seven days. (laughs) TMI, my friend. Uh, All right. Let's go to you, Ben, for your number one. Astro Zombies. Very easy choice for me. Um, This is one of my three favorite songs ever recorded by any band. The other two being Behind This Wall by Turning Point and I'll stop the world and met with you <laughs> by fucking modern English. Um, but it's just so it's like fifties rock and roll punkified with fucking Elvis Presley singing. And it sounds like a love song, like the lyrics, like the music makes you think, Oh, this should be a love song that he's singing to a woman he loves. And it's really about like destroying the human race. <laughs> I guess maybe maybe that does uh, add a little bit of uh, zest to the song. But even if it were a love song and it was the same exact notes being played and sung, it would still make my number one. Um, it's just, it's so perfect. I don't know. And and something about the Misfits, if you play, if you learn their songs on the guitar and play them, you're like, this is just three chords. This, this, like if someone else just like, yelled monotone over the same song it would not be the same song so much of these songs is about the vocal melody like 
yeah. more than half the song is the vocal melody, which is interesting for punk. That's you don't. That's not common for punk because punk most of the guys do just yell monotone over the well, music. I, th- I think what happens in regards to the Misfits, they're all being written by Glenn essentially, right? Yeah. So he's coming up with the riff, but he's also attacking it like a proper songwriter and coming up with a different melody that he's going to apply vocally. Right. So, you know, whereas if it was just a band practicing, you know, in a practice room, guitar player A brings this and, and you know, the singer has to conform to what the what is being brought to him to an extent, you know? Yeah, it's very doo-wop, you know, early rock and roll like the melodies are there they've already been he's just pulling them out of you know the 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 distant past he's pulling them out of the ether and repurposing them for this mad science experiment that is the misfits <laughs> and i do think of the misfits as basically the ramones with elvis presley singing about monster movies like that's that's the that's misfits in a nutshell and it pains me it pains me, and I feel like I, I want to beat myself up when I think, God, the Misfits are better than the Ramones, because it shouldn't be that way. But it kind of is, anyway. Well, yeah, well, I do – I think this is the most El- – well, not the most, because there's a, a few other ones out there. But this is very Elvis-y uh, vocally, and it's it's great. Good pick. Yeah. All right. Well, I think the best punk solo ever – is uh, the Wiper song, Don't Know What I Am, off their first LP. But the second best punk solo of all time is on 138. And that's why I'm taking that as my number two song. Because it's got the second greatest punk solo of all time. <laughs> so brilliant, right? Like, And what is this song, you know? Like, I still don't know what it means. I don't, is this... Is it out there in the ether? Do we know what it means or does it mean nothing? I think it relates to THX 1138, the George Lucas movie, but I might be wrong about that. Does anyone else know? Oh, something about some uh, uh, German tank division or something. Yeah, who knows? But this that's a great example again, like lyrics that don't necessarily make sense, but it's all in the vibe, right? And it's just there. I love it. And that solo makes it. So shout out to, uh, I, pr- I should probably know who's playing it. Ben, who's playing it? Who's who's playing what? The solo. Who oh. laid down that hot lick? God, I feel like an idiot. Uh, the answer is fr- uh, Franche Coma. I probably said his name wrong, but he is the guitarist on that on that song. And look, Dan, let's go to uh, the man that took French in high school. Uh, how do you pronounce his name properly? <laughs> what <laughs> Frenchy? <laughs> <laughs> That's the singer of In Control, dude. <laughs> well. Um, a lot of people do think that this is about George Lucas's THX 138. Because um, the, there's something... I, I totally looked into this maybe like five or six years ago because it, it was scratching at my brain also. And there was some quote about saying something that Jerry had a T-shirt with a robot with 138 on it which or a patch or something because it was referencing the the Lucasfilm and um, God, it just sounds, but I I like Joe's explanation because it sounds like as the song starts, it sounds like marching to it, you know, like we're, 
we're an army of 138 people marching on you, you know? Yeah, and then is the lead like the bomb raid silent sirens? Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's so cool. Like, God, what a song. I think one thirty eight was a number for that represented the the unit. Like so like the hundred and first airborne or the hundred and thirty eighth cavalry or something like that. Well they definitely make it into that, even if the reference point is elsewhere, you know? They give you that vibe. I don't know anybody that knew THX 138 until the 90s. Uh, THX 1138. So I'm looking up at the the Wikipedia, and Bobby Steele and Jerry Only claim that it was based on THX 1138, but then Glenn Danzig is, you know, being uh, evasive and not really explaining uh, what the song is about. And he's like, they didn't write this song, and they don't know what the fuck it is. It's about. It's about yeah. violence. <laughs> well, think well, about. Oh, so he's agreeing with Joe. Yeah, well, I mean, or he's just disagreeing with Jerry on point. Um, you got to think that there is a deep, like, love for forgotten films and hard to get science fiction and stuff like that out of this band. So that being on their radar is definitely not hard to believe. Yeah, and we should also, like, you know, it is being a dead horse saying, oh, before the internet, but dude, 1978, early 80s, like, being into, like, obscure films, like, it's a a different world than before high-speed internet. Yeah. Joe, let's go to you for number two. Number two, number two. Oh, so many to choose from that these guys are going to be mad at me for. Probably not. I'm going to go with uh, Blood Feast off uh, uh, Earth AD. Yeah. I absolutely love that guitar. Um, it's so strange uh, the way that the, it kind of curves there um, at the at the beginning. You know, um, the lyrics are whatever. And, and you know, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of sing along. There's a little bit, I guess, in this one. But it, it's just that weird structure that it always uh, uh, just captured me. I, I, I always enjoyed it. So, Blood Feast. I'm glad some later stuff is getting represented here because I, I feel kind of like a foo taking the first two songs off the first seven inch or second <laughs> seven inch, you know? But the first raging seven inch, you know, Cough Cools, uh, it's, it's completely different. But, There's uh, no guitar okay. on it. There's no guitar on the first seven inch. The first seven inch has no guitar on it. It's fucking keyboard bass drums. Anyway. All right. Well, Ben, let's go to you for your number two. Wait. Dan? Dan. Sorry. I'm going to go with, I mean, there's so much to choose from, but I am going with Night of the Living Dead. Woo! Oh, oh. now the reason is being demonstrated why i'm going with that so you've got that amazing like refrain like choral part that zach is um blessing us with but then it kicks into (laughs) a really fast um amazingly uh vocal melody fast punk like verses so fucking great I love the Misfits and I love this song. Like, 
And it's so funny, like, Night of the Living Dead, obviously, it has a lot of um, cachet beyond the Misfits. Like, not the song, but I'm just saying it's a very famous film. This song is better than the film. (laughs) Um, I love this so much, and I'm so glad that it was still here for, for pick number two. Yeah, you know, you say it kicks in, and it makes it so cool the way it kicks in because he doesn't go to, like, doing the double time, like on Bullet. He goes into the very, like, choppy, just going, do da do da do da do da And it's so choppy that it makes it, like, more abrasive. It's rad. Like, again, this is, is – they're doing so much with, like, such a small palette and it's they're really thinking about it, right? Because it's like they could have done double time, or they could have done like that choppy beat. They went the choppy beat, and it wouldn't have been the same going like do do da do do da do do da do. You know? Yeah, and I also don't know if if you can describe it as the pre-chorus or like or the or the actual chorus, but like this ain't no loving, like that part, like this ain't no happening, like oh, it's so good. It's so different from the rest of it. And the O's come smashing back in. It's just, it's, it's grade A, apex, quintessential, perfect misfits. And one of the best, best drum, drum fills ever. Yeah. Damn, that part is called a bridge. No, pre-chorus. It's kind of a pre-chorus. Because it repeats. Yeah. All right, fair. I, I'll, I'll step back now and uh, shoot it off to Ben for your number two. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been inspired by Dan's pick of Night of the Living Dead, um, which is on my short list. And since we've already gone through my top two Misfit songs and I don't have a third favorite Misfit song, I'm really freeballing it here. <laughs> and I'm going to go, I'm going to go with what I think of as the companion the companion song to Night of the Living Dead, which is Ghoul's Night Out. So Ghoul's Night Out is my number two pick. And but da da but da but da da but da 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 but da ba da 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 da. You know I suck at that, but you, you, you can hear it in your head. You know that song rules. That was actually great drum incantation. I thought Danzig was on the pod right now. (laughs) I did hear the cat litter rattling in the background. (laughs) Shrek 2 on DVD. (laughs) A wee little bottle of Mountain Dew. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's the best part of the Misfits is the lexicon that they've become, you know? Yeah, the Shrek 2 on DVD is the illest. Shrek 2 on DVD. <laughs> Too real, dude. Okay. <laughs> I got to take, take my third and final. Fuck. We should go four. But no, we'll keep it real. Let's keep it with three. Aye, aye, aye. I want, if I'm being true to myself and listening to Legacy of Brutality so much because it was the first one I had, the version of She on there is so good. But I got to take a fast song. Mommy, can I go out and kill tonight? This song, you're fucking slamming. You know, like it's <laughs> the it. classic old school hardcore formula of slow and then fast. Slow, ring out, yell something, go fast. You know, it's so perfect. And it's like they can do that too. And they can do that better than almost anyone. 
So I'm taking Mommy Can I Go Out and Kill Tonight. And uh, yeah, that's that. It's that's a great choice. It's fucking amazing. Um, it's such an interesting song. Like, um, there's not much like it with the the slow intro, and then holy shit, you're off to the races, you know. And then Kill Tonight when it comes back in at those parts, like as it rounds out the chorus, it's so good. It's it's ripping. It's so fast. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah, that live, that live version of it's fantastic. So. Yeah, the live one is even wilder, right? Joe, let's go to you for your number three. Yeah, number three. I'm going. Um, you know, it, it gets a bad rap because it's it's the the super popular, but I'm going skulls. Uh, I, and I, Joe just uh, got the win. What's up? Yeah, I, I love this song. You know, I I. Uh, you know, Burning Dog covered this in our early, 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 early days, like, you know, 90. Well, we weren't even Burning Dog yet, but um, yeah, it just means a lot to me. And and, and I love it. And it's, the you know, probably the, the best goddamn sing-along ever. Um, Well, one of the many, I guess. But uh, I, I keep waffling here. I don't care. It's the song I want. Skulls. Dude, it's the hit for a reason. Right, yeah. it's not popular because it sucks. It's popular because it's like one of the greatest songs in the history of Earth. Like, yeah, but no shame in I, it. Did, I, you know, I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't associate it t- to this. But I'm going to say, yeah, I, th- I think many people feel it's like the the, uh, uh, you know, all I want is a Pepsi. Fucking same, you know, like it gets stuck into that class where it's just like this super generic um, punk song that everybody quote-unquote likes you know, right so. but institutionalized rules also and like if we're gonna do a super seven on boc like i'm taking don't fear the reaper well, you know so what's song up? you got to <laughs> that's right that's right okay dan let's go to you for your number three all right this is the heartbreak round um and you're right it's a fucking heartbreaker i'm between two songs between horror business which I absolutely love, and then the one I'm taking, Teenagers from Mars, because we don't care. That song is what, you know, very similar to what Ben described. This is the Ramones run through this New Jersey Guido blender and out comes one of the most perfect songs ever recorded. And just thinking about Teenagers from Mars is fucking sick also. So... Teenagers from Mars is so catchy, so great, so fast, so sing-alongy. I absolutely love it. And yeah, I, I I can't say anything more about this being a great song than just telling everyone here, go ahead and pause and just re just reacquaint yourself with how good of a song that is. But actually, you don't need to pause anything because it's playing in your head right now as we're talking. So, yeah. teenagers from Mars, it's so in my head, you know. And we, and and we don't can, care. Yeah, yeah. Everyone can check out the playlist too. So, one hundred eighty-five miles south.com. Click that playlist link. There will be a playlist of all this stuff. And great pick, Dan. Let's go to you, Ben, for your number three. I just like to say every. Uh, Every selection that Dan has made was either on my list or on my short list. So 
excellent choice. You picked the superior Mars song. Uh, the other one being I Turned Into a Martian, which is not as good as Teenagers from Mars, but also very good. Um, so I'm left with three songs on my shortlist. And they are Attitude, which I think is lyric. Well, I, you know how I feel about Misfits lyrics. But I think maybe it's maybe that song's been canceled at this point. I'm not sure. Uh, and then Hybrid Moments and Horror Business. And... I'm going to have to go horror business because you don't go into the bathroom with me. It's just Psycho 78, 12 o'clock, don't be late. I, I just remember singing this song, listening to this at top volume in my friend Spencer Starr's car. and We're both like singing along terribly to it. And it, and it was awesome. It's it, just a great moment. Um, so any thoughts on horror business, fellas? I think it's their opus. Like for the... Is it on night? Of, no, it's 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 still nineteen seventy nine. Good yeah. God, man! First LP, Walk Among Us, comes out in eighty one. So this is seventy nine. Um, it's a long song. It's like their opus. Like it's insane when it hits that last part. Down, down in a, I want you. Like it didn't even need to go there, but they took it there. Right? It's like the song is like a perfect eight, like the whole way through. And then they go to that, and it's like, oh, my God. Like, they just cranked it up to 11. I would say it's a 9.5 that then gets that (laughs) cherry on top. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's like, it's crazy because it's 79, so it's like they're doing short songs. Like, they could easily just hack it. Like, get to that end part and then cut this song in half. But the fact is, like, this song is so good. They're like, just run it back. Let's do it again. Fuck it. And it's no. yet again another amazing um, example of them having the percussion be just as cool as a riff, you know, the ba ba ba, like so cool. Um, I I love it. I'm now that you've been discussing the end part, it makes me like, oh god, did I choose the right one, horror business or you know, teenagers from Mars? I I think I did, but that's the knife edge that just having three songs each is brutal. The horror business might be the best song. That might be the best misfit song. Like, it's really cool that it's all like horror tropes are the lyrics too, you know? Yeah, yeah. dude, because and misfits got good lyrics. What's up, Ben? Well, I think you guys are basically saying I won, I won this, but it does go out to the, uh, the voters, the listeners themselves to choose who had the best know, three hits from hell. We're saying well, Ben, I know that you'll vote for my list because I picked all your favorite ones. I'm giving a half point uh, to episode one and half point to Ben. I know well, why I... you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Troll, lol, lol, lol. <laughs> you just feel sorry for me? No. No, no. It's, it's to get my goat. Dude, oh. this is impossible to have a bad list. Like, choose the best three Misfit songs. Like, good God. Like, this is literal shooting fish in a barrel yeah right? joe so, where eagles dare was on my short list too so everyone had something on my actually you know what zach you didn't pick anything on my short list but my list was very short it was like nine songs why yeah this is bullet why didn't you have is... bullet are you mental Dude, um, why didn't he have get down on his nas playlist what's up because it's probably my 10th <laughs> favorite misfit song i don't know they have like 45 incredible songs yeah you're right um the one thing I will say about Where Eagles Dare is I have thought about it 
And you are a goddamn son of a bitch, Glenn Danzig. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I had a friend that uh, he was backstage at some Danzig show. And I guess Danzig was just yelling at his manager, being like, you need to get an ice cream truck here right now. Like, I want an orange push pop. And the guy's like, dude, it's like 1130. Like, what the fuck? Like, I can't find an ice cream truck. He's like, you better fucking get one or I'm going to beat your ass. Or like, you're fired or some shit. And the guy's like, I don't know, man. And so whatever, this guy pulls a fucking miracle out of his ass, tracks down the fucking ice cream truck, gets it to the venue at like midnight, comes out, Danzig goes up and he's like, all right, one orange push pop. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I don't have those. Like, we have all this stuff. And Dan Danzig's like, fuck it then. And, like, didn't get anything. <laughs> what a dick. What a goddamn son of a bitch. Well, yeah, you brought it up, Daniel. I just had to validate your opinion, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I have uh, – here's my Danzig story. I Well, there, there are two big ones, but here's one. I, I was told by my coworkers at Aaron's Records, like, the week I started there – Oh, we know where Danzig lives. We know where his house is. I'm like, cool. I'm going to buy a bunch of salt and I'm going to salt his lawn and have it say something funny in the lawn, you know, and then the grass dies and it has some funny, something, something nasty, something naughty written in the lawn. So I actually buy like a bunch of salt and I drive to his house and his lawn is already totally dead. Wow. Dude, if if Danzig like fucking walked out and Ben is salting his lawn, like what do you think happens? <laughs> Dan, what do you think happens? Dude. Um he he'd be crammed up in that carrier bag alongside Shrek too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right, well right on. All right, one's got to go. We are laying out four Misfit 7 Inches, and we're each going to choose which one we got to let go. And this one hurts. All these hurt because we only choose good shit. But uh, this one is wild. The four 7 Inches that we are choosing from are the Bullet 7 Inch. Came out in 1978 on Plan 9. The Night of the Living Dead 7 Inch came out Plan 9, 1979. The Horror Business 7 Inch. Plan 9, also 1979, and the three hits from Hell, 7-inch, which came out on Plan 9 in 1981. Ben, let's go to you. Which one are you getting rid of? You're going to have to shoot me in the head because there's no way any of these can go. First off, there's no way horror business is going. Okay. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm dead. Horror business, all three songs are A+. A++++. And that's by for Misfits song standards, which is like beyond A plus for a regular band. And then so it comes down to the other three seven inches. And the worst song on any of these records is Rat Fink, which is an Alan Sherman cover. Um, and that's on the same record as Night of the Living Dead and Where Eagles Dare, which are both A plus plus songs. So that's fucking hard. And then you have Bullet, which has to stay. Because that's the record that got me into the Misfits in the first place, and every song is great on that. And it's also like a super diverse seven inch. It's almost like a mini album in that respect. Like it takes you on a journey. And then it between, so it, it's between Night of the Living Dead and Three Hits from Hell. 
and I guess I'm getting rid of Three Hits from Hell because it's it only has one A plus 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 song, which is Ghoul's Night Out. Even though London Dungeon is an A, and it might be the only Misfit song that's actually about something because it's about how they got arrested when they were in the UK on their tour. That I guess never happened because they went to jail. And so horror and horror hotel is the last song on that record, and that's just okay by my estimation. Okay by Misfit standards, amazing by any other band standards. So three hits from hell is my final answer. Or you can shoot me in the head. I won't be offended if you choose the latter. How about that? Dan, let's go to you. Well, I mean, do I need to explain anything anymore? Because that was a pretty good comprehensive breakdown. And I I agree with him. Uh, I would say if you were, yeah, Rap Fink is still a great song, but yeah, it's not the A++ category. Neither is Horror Hotel and neither is Hollywood Babylon for me. Um, But yeah, it's three hits for hell for me. This was actually quite easy for me compared to, I mean, Ghoul's Night Out's on it, but London Dungeon has never been one of my favorite Misfit songs. And Horror Hotel is not that... I mean, they're still Misfits songs, so they're still really fucking great. But i got to say that I've absolutely... You know, I cannot get rid of Night of the Living Dead. It's untouchable. Bullet is the best ever, and the artwork is incredible. I mean, the artwork on all of these is incredible, really. Um, Horror Business, just incredible perfection teenagers from mars is on it children in heat is on it that might be the best out of when you basically break them down into what is good from start to finish that one comes out on top i believe and the one i've got to get rid of is three hits from hell joe let's go to you uh yeah um you know I I got to go with three hits from hell as well. Um, Ghoul's Night Out was eh, it was a eh, mediocre. Horror Hotel eh, <laughs> mediocre. I absolutely love London Dungeon, uh, but um, maybe not the Misfits version. I love a cover of it, and it just it, it's a time capsule for me. So that's but overall. Compare compared to the the other songs, it's it's it, it's the weakest the weakest link for sure. Like I am tonight, so um, three hits from hell. It's gone. Boot it. Gone. Don't leave Dude. us hanging. The, the cover of London Dungeon you love is by whom? Uh, oh, a, a old band called the Loud Hounds that doesn't exist anymore. Um, they do have a song on the Localism comp though. They were a psycho. Well. Sort of rockabilly, sort of psychobilly before psychobilly was a thing in the mid to late 90s. Oh, and I, I forgot to mention this when we're talking psychobillies. There was this gnarly psychobilly dude that I only ran into once that was at the zombie lounge one night when we were DJing back in San Diego a, a million years ago. And, you know, he was not, <laughs> not happy with me playing like anti up by <laughs> mop or a bunch of other shit he was just like come on play that punk shit and i looked at his knuckles and he had 
PSYC on one hand, H O seven eight on the other. So his knuckle said Psycho seventy eight, and it was actually pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So I am losing three hits from hell too, but yeah, and that makes me think, guys, should I have chose a different seven inch? Because I chose three hits from hell instead of Halloween because I thought that. Halloween would have four people go against it because obviously Halloween is great. Halloween two is kind of whatevs. So it would be like a single track, but maybe that track is so good that would, would that have changed either of your minds? I would have picked Halloween as the yeah. gotta go. Yeah, I would have too, but I mean, I think it's a hard discussion regardless. The musicianship on London dungeon is so cool. And the riff is so weird and it just, but it just gets beat by the blazing punk catchiness of the yeah. other songs, you know? Yeah, so. Bullet is absolutely perfect. All four songs. Night of the Living Dead is perfect. You guys are crazy for not writing for Rat Fink because that song is so weird. Oh, and I like, think it's okay, sick. I okay. Okay. I, no, I mean, you were saying like it's like one step below, but it, it is. But I would say it's like one step adjacent because it's not like the Misfits doing what the Misfits do well. It's just like what is this fucking weirdness? Like I remember listening to it the first time and just being like, what? But it, it's so weird still to me. And like, why is it weird? It's just spelling out rat fink, you know, but like, I guess like the, the word fink is kind of like a weird old timey word that has a strange cachet to it as well. You know, like what the fuck is a fink in general? And then like, Oh, this food is a rat fink. Like that's some wild shit, you know? And like, I don't know, that song just delivers horror business again. Perfect. All three songs, three hits from hell, London dungeon. Perfect. Google that out. Perfect. Horror hotel. The one week link, you know, and uh, not that week. It's still the misfits dude in like their classic era. So it might've been a bit, it might've been a bit tighter if, if you'd chosen those three, seven inches that you said, and instead of three hits from hell, had chose Horror Xmas from 2013, that would have been a really tough choice. <laughs> yeah, well, it came down between uh, Three Hits from Hell, Halloween, and uh, Dig Up Her Bones. Geffen Records, <laughs> 1997. <laughs> you know, but hey, what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> that's that. And people, let us know what you think on the Instagram. I'll post this sometime during the week. But you know what? This thing is called fun facts and then unfun facts. <laughs> fun facts and then unfun facts. <laughs> All right. Fun or unfun fact? Probably unfun. We would have to ask Posy Chris. But uh, Ben, you had a question for all of us. Yeah. Um, being that the Misfits, and I'm, I mean the Glenn Danzig era Misfits here when I'm talking about the Misfits, are so good and have so many good songs. Um, it, I thought just thought it would be interesting to try to figure out what everyone's opinion on the least best Misfits song is. And then I suppose the, the fact part uh, comes into the equation when – it is a fact that Zach's least favorite Misfit song is blank. You know, right. it's a fact and that whatever. So let's yep, start with agreed. Zach. 
Oh man. Okay. So I'm a little confused on what legacy of brutality actually is. It's like old recordings that get released sometime in the nineties, right? Ben eighties. Yeah. It gets released. Oh, it gets released in 85. Okay. So, but it's older, right? Like it's older recordings. They weren't recorded in like 84. It's mostly uh, the static age sessions, but it's mixed terribly. Right. Um, so are we counting this as original run? I can choose something from here. No, no. Anything with Glenn Danzig on it is, is, is on the table. Okay. Well, no doubt in my mind, theme for a jackal. That song sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. And it's like, thank God I got this in the CD era when it was skippable. That song is so brutal, dude. I can't stand it. And, uh, it's not even decent for a misfit song. I'm even decent for like a musical song. I hate it. I want to shoot at it, throw it off a cliff. I don't know. Dan, what do you think? What's your least favorite uh, Danzig era Misfit song? Well, you know what's funny is like, yeah, I would say you are probably right in in general, but there's certain songs, you know, sometimes a song just gets under your skin and you hate it. Like, and you, it's a skip every time unless you're listening to it on record and then you're just like oh i'll just grip my teeth and get through it until the next song comes on and that for me is return of the fly (laughs) i fucking hate this song it drives me crazy um yeah i don't like it at all with vincent price (laughs) (laughs) fuck vincent price fuck glenn danzig (laughs) for this for this monstrosity i don't like it i know other people are probably listening to this going ah what are you talking about but this song just irks me to the to really badly so that's my answer but i will say it's ill of their shouting out to a sequel right so uh shout out to young or to young guns two records yeah, <laughs> yeah man. but it's uh like, no, um, no, I, this song's a swing and a miss i think like it's it's somewhere between classic misfits and like that weirdo rat fink shit, you know, and it kind of misses on both. Like it's straddling and just kind of falls off, I think. Ben, what what do you think about this song? Do you love it or hate it? It's like Misfits Go Lounge, and there's a Misfits tribute comp from the nineties and the band Farside, the band on the Revelation Records band, covers this song and they make it even more loungy, you know, like no distortion on the guitar at all. Like, yeah, swing a ding, ding, return to the fly, which I thought was pretty clever. It It's not my favorite misfit song. Obviously I already told you what my favorite one is, but it's, I think it's pretty good. I, I'm not mad that Dan picked it. I'm not like, what? That song's so good. Yeah. I would love to hear a cover of it by uh fat lip and slim kid Trey. Oh, the far side. Yes, P H A R C Y D E. Yes, I got the, your joke. I'm following you. <laughs> I'll be here for the the forty plus hip hop dad jokes. <laughs> Booty Brown. Joe, do you have an opinion on either of these songs before you uh, chime yeah, in? With they're yours? both. They're both not awesome. Uh, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, I probably would skip both of them. Um, you know, but I know other people that absolutely adore both of them too. So you know, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guarantee, Dan. What did that that dude's knuckles say? Psycho seventy eight. 
Yeah, like you know he loved theme for a jackal. He was like, Oh yeah, the jackal's I'm smashing right hard for it. Yeah, you know he'd be smashing one of those knuckled hands in my face for dissing Return of the Fly because <laughs> that that's definitely psychobilly approved. You know he no, likes we're... Tiger Army more than the Misfits. That dude. Oh, oh, Ben. <laughs> Ouch. I was I... inside. That that guy's gonna cruise Silver Lake looking for you. <laughs> he was cruising Silver Lake. All right. <laughs> All right, Joe, Joe, what's your take? Um, can I choose a cover of a Misfits song? Yeah, why not? Let's let's hear where your thought process is going here. Yeah. Then Die Die My Darling that Ignite cover is fucking <laughs> horrible. <laughs> Ignite cover Die Die My Darling? I, I I don't know. I just pulled it up and it it's definitely fucking Zoli singing, so um as a misfit song, I'm I'm gonna say uh, "Double Lock." I just I I hate that song. That's <laughs> that's that's the one song on Earth AD that I skip. The rest of them are, are, are good, but that one I just eh. It's just I don't know <laughs> cliche. It's like they wrote a song about hey, look at our hairstyle. Like, <laughs> that is a little silly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that silly hairdo you have. <laughs> right yeah here point it's like pointing fingers at it you know like you know whatever but it's not a bad song it's it, it's just it's just not one of the one of my favorite that's all yeah like what if i grew my hair out and had a song called Smold a sack what do it <laughs> no way retaliate five <laughs> ben what's your least favorite misfit song and gonna does it actually suck or is it still good well, you're going to have to decide, but I'm going to go with the Misfits Go Oi song, Brain Eaters. And you are so wrong. You're this an song asshole. Fucking you're sucks. Way wrong. You're wrong. And you know what's crazy about this song? Of course, it's not crazy to you because you all like this song, but it's crazy to me. To my knowledge, this is the only music video that uh, the Misfits in their original incarnation with Glenn Danzig ever made have you guys seen the video for this i didn't even know about this video until uh i don't know a couple months ago um you can watch it on youtube and uh it's just like hey let's make a music video okay what song should we make it for fucking brain eaters <laughs> whatevs shit sucks yeah but hey, it's, it's, hey, it's, hey, it's, it's, video. <laughs> so sorry dan go ahead I was just going to say, 185 Miles listeners, remember that Ben just shit on Brain Eaters when it comes to voting for the 12 <laughs> hits from hell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, here's an interesting little... Uh, let's add one of these on for each of us. What is the best recorded Misfits cover you have heard? Oh, I'd have to look. That You know that comp from the 90s was really good that had like Sick of It All on it and shit? Yeah. The Violent World, a tribute to the Misfits. That's the one that Ben's talking about the lounge far side covers on. I got to pull it up. I'm yeah, going to say can't. Green Hell, Metallica. Oh. oh I mean, days. look, people like this shit on Metallica covering the Misfits, but them doing uh, Last Crest is pretty great. Yeah. yeah I didn't really and actually, that might have, that fucking could have made my top three. Good God. I don't know. What do you think? I will say the Metallica cover of Last Caress is way better than the No Effects cover of it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Although not as good as their cover of uh, Straight Edge. 
Um, the Cradle of Filth did Death Comes Ripping, and it's pretty fucking good. Oh, that'd be pretty neat to hear. Yeah, 108 does that on that comp. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, there. Th- I'm too on the spot for this. So I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I can't know. think of anything I, I off the top of my head. I, I don't know. I'd probably think remember- of something later and kick myself for not thinking of it now. Right, and I'm like looking at this comp right now, and I'm like, God, I don't like any of this. Like, how could I have thought that was a good comp? It yeah. was good. It was good, though. Everyone did a good job, huh? Yeah. Anyway. You know what's... um, I'm going to give Misfits uh, credit. I'm going to give them credit since I threw them under the bus for their attempt at OI music. Their attempt at Rockabilly music, which is the song American Nightmare, is incredible. They should have done more songs like that. What do you guys think? I'm glad it's only one, but it is a really good song. I, I, I wouldn't have liked them doing a ton like that. It's like what the cramps should have been. I, I think the cramps are okay doing the what they're are, doing. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I like that song exactly more than any cramp song. Yeah, because it's the misfits. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Look, Dan, there's a handful of bands that are so good it hurts. One's the misfits. No, it's played. <laughs> it's not fair. It's not even fair, man. It's not fair. All right. Let's wrap it. Let's wrap it. Uh, did Ben just say that his favorite was Ghoul's Night Out by Goldfinger? I think so. <laughs> All right, let's end the segment. <laughs> I know I'm looking at this comp and I'm like, why did I like this? This looks terrible. Because <laughs> the songs are written by the Misfits, that's why. <laughs> it's true. Pennywise doing Astro Zombies? No, don't want The fight lasts for hours, each ram battering the other dozens of times. Head to head. All right, we are going head to head, and we're putting up the two Misfits LPs, Walk Among Us, 1981. And Earth AD, which is 1983, I believe. And, yep, I'm right. Um, Ben, kick it off. I think Walk Among Us is 82. Two. Um, but okay. whatever. Some, some uh, Stan will correct us if we're wrong on that one. Okay. Um, but, yeah, uh, Walk Among Us, this is like, th- this is the exact opposite of our One's got to go segment where I'm like pulling my hair out, trying to decide which one of these genius records has to go. For me, this is one of the easiest questions anyone could ever ask me about music because walk among us is the winner. It is the better album. Um, I think maybe walk among us versus static age would be a little bit closer, but static age came out way later. This is, these are records that came out basically when the band still existed so this is a good uh, head-to-head comparison. People who like Earth AD are borderline, or like Earth AD more than Walk Among Us, are borderline upsetting to me because it's like, you don't care about songs, music, melody, hooks, or anything, but me want drum go fast. Like, okay, dude. <laughs> like, it's just, the songs are fucking, the songs aren't as good. And here's another thing, though. Okay, you're like Mr. Hardcore, and you like all your songs to sound fucking hardcore. They have fucking Robo on drums. Do you know how like 
different and inventive and cool the drum shit on Black Flag was with Robo playing. And it's none of that on this. It's just dicka, 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 dicka. Like, so even if you do care about hardcore drumming, they're not utilizing this hardcore drumming legend properly on this record. It still has good songs. It's still the Misfits shit, you know, like it's still any other band put this record out and be like, damn, they made a good record, but it's the Misfits. The fucking bar is so high and they don't, they don't hit that. They don't get the bar on, on earth AD and walk among us is just so like, dude, look at these songs. I mean, okay. 20 eyes. I turned into a Martian. All hell breaks loose. Empire, Nike, go, go hate breeders. Mommy, can I go out and kill the night live? Night of the Living Dead, Skulls, Violent World, Devil's Whorehouse, Astro Zombies, the best Misfits song ever. And then one dud at the very end with Brain Eaters. Okay, that's a pretty fucking classic album. All right, I'm done. Yeah. Let's let's discuss the matchup then, because like I did choose these two LPs just because they're they're the LPs of the first run, right? Like Lazy Brutality is kind of a weird collection, and Static Age would be a better matchup, but it comes out way later. It doesn't come out here, you know? So this has to be in the matchup, right, Dan? Well, it does because it is like proper LPs, but do you know what would have been also equally a good, like fight would have been collection one versus collection two. Oh, God damn it, dude. Why didn't you send me an email? (laughs) No, because I thought this was good because I thought you're going with because i think there are some down points on walk among us believe it or not like vampire nike agogo both of those i can do without devil's whorehouse i can do without but then yeah there are some extremely high points like night of the living dead skulls astro zombies brain eaters um i turn into a martian all hell breaks yeah it, I'm going Walk Among Us also, but let's not just discount the facts. I'm going to list Earth AD, Death Comes Ripping, Green Hell, Wolf's Blood, Blood Feast. Fucking hell. There you go. Like, there are some crushers on Earth AD. And then if I'm going to, I'm actually going to pick Earth AD's artwork um over walk among us's artwork that's easy i mean they're both great <laughs> they're both the misfits you know but the mad mark rude drawing is so sick and then you know you've got the variant with the devil's hair variant uh i'm gonna say walk among us because the highs are just too high like there's nothing on earth ad that can <laughs> compete with night of the living dead you know or skulls so it it's a tough one but i'm going walk among us joe what's your take yeah walk among us too um i don't have to add a whole bunch except that it just it sounds better it, the the recording sounds better you know so it's just the overall quality of you know uh uh ear you know ear pleasure you know is is better but the songs on on earth ad wolf blood fucking just shred they're they're just so good but uh it does it doesn't win 
What about if we added like the extendo tracks, right? So if uh, there's that extended CD that has the Die Die My Darling on the end of it, yeah. adding those three songs, does that change anything? Because those those three songs on that 12-inch, Die Die My Darling, We Bite, and Mommy Can I Got Kill Tonight, are three of my favorite Misfit songs. You know what, though? i got to give it up to my boy Arthur Googie. <laughs> and still remain with Walk Among Us. I've always thought that last name, Googie, is very funny to me. <laughs> it's funny because the juxtaposition of like the most proper first name, you know, like yeah. Arthur. Arthur. You know, like, wow, that's so respectable. And it's Googie. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, look, Walk Among Us versus Earth AT is pretty wild. You know, the idea of Misfits going hard at the end, I, I like and respect it. Like, okay, we. We've been laying down hot tracks since 78. Let's just fucking rip. That's a I cool think, move. I think they didn't want to be classified as 1.5 anymore, so they just <laughs> went shredding. Yeah, I respect that. You know, it's cool. And it's it's weird. Them and Dead Kennedys are, are the same in the way that, like, they get simple and more hardcore as it goes on, where, like, the beginning of the band, they're so interesting and they're like these standalone island bands where it's like you can't really assign a genre to them. Like they they fall under the punk umbrella, but it's like they're so unique by themselves, you know, and then they turn into hardcore bands and great hardcore bands, you know, but it's like that early stuff is what is so special. Um, I think there was peer pressure going on because you have Misfits starting in 77 and then all by like 82. To 81, 82, 83, you have all these like really fast young hardcore bands popping up out of every, you know, little suburb in the US. And those kids love the Misfits. And Misfits are like, all right, let's step up our game and play really fast like these young bands. And it's like, no, just be yourself. Just you, you already are like the fucking best band. Like, don't change. Don't change for anyone else. That's, that's the impression I get. But they, they're, they're already, before they go, like, full-on harder, they're already a fast-as-fuck ripping band. I know. They should have just stuck to their guns or whatever. I don't know. Die, Die, My Darling comes out in 84. And so does it get recorded, though, after Earth AD? That is an excellent question. And because that's interesting if they did Earth AD and then they come back and record that song. Because it's got We Bite on it, which would... And Mommy King, I Go Out and Kill Tonight, which would both fit on, uh, you know, Earth AD very nicely. But Die, Die, My Darling is... Okay, this is this is interesting. Die, Die, My Darling was actually recorded for the Walk Among Us sessions in 81. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Makes total sense then. Yeah. Thanks. Because, Makes you know what? This is, a weird, this is a weird podcast, right? Because we all love the Misfits, but... There are people out there that are diehards, and and just me asking that question, probably someone was like, "This fucking poser, this fucking guy, this idiot doesn't yeah. know." Fuck. Yeah. Do you know no, what I'm... I prefer? Is someone saying that than just trying to fucking bullshit their way through shit? You know. Yeah. Nah, I mean, like, look, man, you got to say when you don't know stuff, right? Yeah. Like, if you don't ask questions, you never learn. What's up, man? Everyone, keep learning. There's um, nothing wrong with that. But as far as this head to head. Walk Among Us versus Earth AD. I got to take it back to WrestleMania 1. This is uh, King Kong Bundy versus SD Jones. 
and uh, Walk Among Us is going over strong in 10 seconds or whatever it was, you know? R.I.P. Special Delivery. Yeah, R.I.P. S.D. Jones. You the man, though. But uh, yeah, Walk Among Us, one of the greatest pieces of music of all time. And uh, Earth AD, still great, but not Walk Among Us. And uh, so I'm going Walk Among Us. What's up, guys? Final thoughts on The Misfits. Ben? Amazingly, we are we have 100% consensus on One's Gotta Go and Head to Head. Like, in the same episode. That's probably never going to happen again. So we, as much as we disagree about, you know, fucking brain eaters or whatever, we agree, <laughs> we agree on a lot more than we disagree on when it comes to the misfits. Well, I would say that three people with brains agree on it. And one <laughs> whose brain has been eaten e- 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 tries to talk shit on that amazing masterpiece. <laughs> True. Yeah. Joe, final thoughts on the misfits. The Misfits uh, just have a special place in in my my mind. Uh, you know, so much nostalgia, so much hanging out in the eighties with my friends. Um, you know, when they came back, I was meh, yeah. You know, with you know, uh, you know, with Dave and whoever else they had singing Zoli and whatever, I didn't care about that. And then when Glenn came back, I was completely over it by then. So. Because it just felt like a money grab to me, but that eighty stuff—it's—it's uh, it's beautiful. It's—it's—it's it's, it's forever. It's timeless, and I, I'm glad we did this because it made me listen to them a lot these past couple weeks, pre- pre- prepping for this. So, so thanks for that. Yeah, like you know, sometimes we we lay out these pods and look at it, and it's like, man, I got to do my homework on this, you know, and listen to stuff and. Even if it's stuff I want to listen to, it can be daunting. But like yeah. looking at this stuff, I was like, "Oh, this is like just live your life." Yeah. You know, like the misfits are always on rotation. You I'm know? just gonna get in my car and drive now. This is great. This is this is exactly what I need. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ben, did they ever put together a collection that was like the seven inches in chronological order? Because um, the collections are kind of all over the place, right? Right. Yeah. I, I have a bootleg compact disc of the seven inches in chronological order recorded, clearly recorded from the vinyl. Like you can kind of hear the pops of the vinyl, but it's mm-hmm. it, not enough to distract. And I really value that bootleg CD because there's all these rumors and there's truth too that a lot of the stuff was remixed and, and Glenn or whoever added guitar tracks years after the fact to some of the things and like, so it's like, okay, here's what people heard. Here's exactly what people heard in the order that they heard it when these records came out. And I think, and the name of that bootleg is called beware and the rest. And I think, I don't think it's, I don't think it's every single misfits, uh, seven inch, but it's the first, whatever the ones we've been talking about. Right. It is that beware collection. You're right. Cause I knew I had something had them in order but then when i was looking like on the spotify's and shit which has like almost everything i couldn't find them in order but you're right is that beware bootleg oh and i'm looking at i'm looking at the track list and it is not in order of release for whatever reason but i think it's all the seven inches huh dan final thoughts on the misfits the misfits are that kind of band that (laughs) you can be talking to a college professor who is talking about the fine points of post-punk, you know, he still loves the misfits. You can be talking to that, you know, drunk dude 
in an Oxnard parking lot who's got his arm around you saying, hey, man, he loves the misfits. You can be talking to, you know, an average person at a coffee shop. They love the misfits. This is a band that everyone comes together on and can't deny, you know? And they have the longevity and the staying power because the songs are so good and their aesthetic is so cool and different. If anyone else tried it, it just wouldn't come off. Plenty of bands have done things similar. It's been cheesy. What? I said looking at you, Davey Havoc. (laughs) 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 But, but I mean, it's There's only, there's only one misfits and a testament to how fucking great the misfits are. You you forgive Glenn Danzig for being Glenn Danzig because the Misfits are so fucking great. Yeah, and I think Davey Havoc did some great things with Oh, it. he did. I'm I yeah. I, I was just, you know, when he became the crow, it's just like, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, man. You gotta just be yourself, and that's how yeah. he was feeling. But that's the power of the Misfits. Like they influence so many people because if you go into a Misfits phase and we've all somewhat been through that in our lives where once you listen to the misfits for a while and over and over again, you don't really want to put anything else on for a bit because everything's so perfect. So I can totally see why bands or, you know, people have just fully influenced on it and are like, you know, I want to do something that's capturing that cachet because it's all I can think about right now, you know? Anyway, the f- Misfits fucking rule. I love doing this episode. Yeah, yeah. I got to do a band, and uh, I pulled up the uh, the drummer Jim Catania or Mister Jim that played drums on Bullet. And or Mister uh, Jim. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> his little write up on, on Discogs is hilarious. Okay, drummer for the Misfits, fall nineteen seventy seven to November nineteen seventy eight. Had previously played with Glenn Danzig in the band Who Dat. And Boonjang. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that real? What the fuck? I gotta hear who dat and Boonjang, dude. You know it's trippy <laughs> though? And maybe this is like common knowledge and everyone knows this and like so what Ben? Fucking um Arthur Googie, who was the <laughs> Googie, who was the drummer on a lot of these records played was the drummer on fucking antidote shall thou shalt not kill seven inch that we love so dearly that yeah, man. Yeah. that is that's wild you know also uh i'm not a huge 70s rock guy but i really like that band dust and it had like the ramones guy marky ramone marky ramone yes yeah isn't that that was like wild when i looked i was like what because i liked them independently of one of the other, like I didn't discover dust because of the Ramones. It's like, <laughs> was his name Marky Ramone on the record? <laughs> he went back in time. <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> anyway, yeah, the Misfits, great classic timeless band. And, you know, I, I did a disservice on the beginning with saying like one of the greatest American punk bands because, and I'm glad you collect, corrected me right away, Ben, because it's a thing we've said on the podcast a lot of times, but I think, it never gets old and we can never say it enough is like punk and hardcore music is something that we ride for. And we think it's great music 
that stands up against the all genres. Yeah. And I don't like when, you know, hearing people say like, Oh, it's good for punk or it's good for a hardcore song or whatever. Like there's so much that goes into these songs and these bands that are the best of the best. This music is the best of the best, you know, and we don't have to like put it on a pedestal by saying like the misfits, like fuck the Beatles, you know, like it's okay to love the Beatles as well. You know, no disrespect if you do, or you love Led Zeppelin or whatever, but like, this is a classic band that wrote classic songs. And in my opinion, they're on the same level as all these great bands. And, and they kind of proved it to the world. You know, it's like, I didn't go to any of those giant shows, but I was so happy to see it because it was like, okay, maybe it's just the misfits and maybe it's part of Danzig's fame and, you know, heavy metal people getting into the misfits from Metallica shirts and so forth, whatever. But a little piece of it is, this type of music that we love and have like based our lives on for basically our whole lives, getting the respect it deserves, you know? So like, I kind of feel like the genre was put on a pedestal with like them getting so much recognition. So I, I, I root for that, you know, cause I want everyone in punk and hardcore to succeed as long as they're good people and not fucking weirdos that are being inappropriate with people. What's up? Dan. Yeah, don't be talking shit on the Beatles there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right, let's wrap it up. 138. That is a wrap. Come on!